Those of you that are watching us online, you've joined a great service. God's doing some great things in this community, and we are excited to be coming to you, even online. You know, it used to be uh, you would have to save a lot of money. You'd have to spend thousands of dollars, and those thousands of dollars, you would have to try to get a spot on a TV channel somewhere, and then you would, like, maybe get a 15-minute spot or a 10-minute spot. Uh, with the modern, some of you are like, yeah, this is a big deal. With the modern day marvel of live streaming, we can go all around the world for practically nothing. If the apostles had what we had, oh my word, what they would have done. But they didn't have it, and we do. And to whom much is given, much is required. Amen. So for those of you watching us live stream, we feel like part of our mission to get the gospel to you, to make sure that you have an experience with God, whether it's in your car right now, or it's in your living room, or you're at a friend's house and they turned on the live stream. Thank you for watching us online, and uh, we, we hope that you'll join us in person soon. Amen, because that's the best way to experience this. Amen. Our world is getting more evil by the day, and when I think about what many of you face every day, it drives me to pray more for you. I realize that uh, there are big decisions, big choices to be made. There's a lot of stuff pulling at you. And then I consider what our children and our teens and our college students will face this year at school. And I can't help but turn to the Scriptures for wisdom. And how do we handle this? How do we live this kind of life? And so this is what I found that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, in verse 16, He says this. He says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Can I just give this a really simple title? We are sent. It's great to come to church, great to feel the presence of God, great to experience the power of God in our lives, but we, we're sent. Jesus, in this house today, there's somebody who needs to hear this. I pray, God, that you'd open up the eyes and the heart of our understanding to receive what your word would speak to us in the next few moments. And God, we will give you the praise and the glory for what you do in our lives and in this community, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you for standing and worshiping with us. Amen. Thank you, all of those of you. We are continually trying to uh, become who God wants us to be and get better at what we do. Amen. We strive for excellence around here. And I'm so thankful for what God is doing. The tender and loving shepherd sending his sheep into the most dangerous position. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. And it is the part of a shepherd to protect his sheep from the wolves. Not to send them into the very midst of those ravenous beasts. And yet, here is the good shepherd that great shepherd of the sheep actually undertaking and carrying out this extraordinary experiment of conducting his sheep into the very middle of the wolves. How strange it seems to our human and natural senses that the good and loving shepherd would send sheep in the midst of wolves. According to the order of nature, this is strange. This does not happen. It's not how nature behaves. You do not see sheep jumping into the middle of a pack of wolves. They just don't do it. In some places, wolves are too often seen in the midst of sheep, and the wolf will jump in the middle of a flock, and it'll tear uh, the sheep apart on every side. And, and, and it's such a bloody and disgusting mess, but it, it, it doesn't really matter how big the flock is. One wolf is more than a match for a thousand sheep. But here... You see Jesus, and Jesus is sending us, sending uh, the sheep among the wolves as if the, the sheep were the attacking party here, and they were bent on putting down their terrible enemies. And it's an interesting concept, and 
It's not something that nature can show us, but the purpose of God is clear to us here. Some of you are like, not to me. Well, I hope it is before we leave today. We also hear about a mixture of the serpent with the dove in one person. What a strange blend, a reptile of the dust united with the bird of the air. Be you therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Grace knows how to pick the good out of evil, the jewel out of the oyster shell, and the wisdom from the serpent. I need to before, because I can tell by your quietness, I need to give you the key to this text before we move any further. Only the one who follows its direction can truly understand its meaning. This text is primarily addressed to the apostles, we know that, but it relates in some way uh, to anyone who has talent or ability to spread the gospel, and especially to those who have been filled with God's Spirit and who have been baptized in Jesus' name. We are sent. We are sent. There's four things that I want you to notice here in the text about our sending. First is the task at hand. Behold, I send you forth. Secondly is the danger involved as a sheep, as sheep in the midst of wolves. Number three is with his authority. Behold, I send you forth. And number four is the key to success. Be you wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I just told you the whole sermon. You're dismissed. <laughs> number one is the task at hand. Behold, I send you. We are sent. But what are we sent to? Look at your neighbor and say, what are we sent to? You know, the mode of operation in the kingdom of God is first, make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them whatsoever the Lord has commanded. And let them go forth and do the same to others. That's, hey, that's not my words. That's God's words. That's what Jesus says. Jesus called them not only to teach those that came in their way, but to go after the lost sheep. Behold, he says, I send you forth. There are some people that, that are listening to this message today that will hardly teach those who are in their own house, living under their own roof. But yet he says, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. Our primary responsibility is first to our family to train and to lead our family in the ways of God. Not in the ways of the world. Not in the fleeting things of life. Amen. I, I know that some people, you say, well, I'm working hard to build an inheritance for my children. What kind of spiritual inheritance will you pass on to them? Amen. They, they can do without lots and lots of money, but they can't do without knowing where their soul is going to spend eternity. I wonder if there's somebody in here that says, you know what, I'm going to change some things up because my children's spirituality matters to me. Yes, I understand we live in a wicked day. I'm telling you, I, I could go on all day about this, how things have gotten so out of hand. I mean, when I was, when I was growing up, and, and that wasn't too long ago, for those of you that are worried about that, that wasn't too long ago. I'm not that old. I'll be 43 next month. So when I was growing up, things were different. The cell phones were not computers. They were just phones. They did one thing. You called in an airstrike. That's all, I mean... They were huge. Anybody remember those big packs? I mean, you had to carry it around and, and you plug it into your, your lighter in the car. You know what I'm talking about? And then you hoped maybe that I'd get some reception as I'm driving down the road. That's what phones did. Now, phones are everywhere. And they're not just phones. They're like supercomputers in the palm of your hand. You, you can Google search and find anything. You, you can uh, do, uh, you know, just a couple apps, and you can pull out these apps. And I'm telling you, there's all kinds of just amazing technology in the palm of your hand. But with that has come an onslaught of, of evil and wicked that you can also accomplish with your phone. 
I'm, I'm, that's why we, we got to be careful. It's not an age thing when we give our children phones. It's got to be a maturity issue. I saw a kid the other day, he was like eight, and he had his own phone. And I was like, oh, Jesus. And, and, and I get it, I get it. We want our kids to have everything. I, I understand that. I have three of my own and a bunch of adopted ones. <laughs> but, but let me be clear. We live in a wicked society. We live in a wicked day. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this here just a little bit more, but... Jesus calls us to go. We can't go if we haven't taken care of home first. We can't go if we don't know what we're going with and why we're going and and how we're going to go. We've got to settle a few things before we go. Yes, I get it. We're students and we're parents and we have some contractors and some tradespeople and some, some pretty important uh, you know, people in this building today. But, but our primary task is not to do that trade and, and not to just be a student. Our primary task is what Jesus said, and that is making disciples and sharing the gospel. That's our primary task. That's number one. Behold, I send you forth. And, and He's sending us because if, if we are not the hands and feet of Jesus, if we are not the body of Jesus, then the work of God does not expand like it should in the world. And so He says, look, my physical body is no longer on the earth, but my spiritual body, the church, is supposed to carry out. I'm sending you as sheep among wolves. Secondly, the danger involved is is real. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. That is to say, our task is going to be one of great danger and difficulty. We are to go forth as sheep among the wolves. That is to, to really be very simple and plain about it. We have to go among those who will not in any way sympathize with our efforts. We will have to deal with people who cannot enter our feelings and agree with our aims because the bleeding of the sheep will find no harmony with the howl of the wolf. The two are very different animals and they can in no way agree. You do not suppose that you are going to be received with open arms by everybody that you talk to about Jesus, do you? And what about if you become a preacher or a minister of the gospel? Do you think you're going to please everybody? You won't. What sort of sympathy can a lamb expect from the wolves? If he expected any, wouldn't he be disappointed? Don't be disappointed. Know your surroundings. Know your mission. Understand, when Jesus used similar words to the 70, we read about it in Luke chapter 10, He did not call them sheep, He called them lambs. They weren't as trained, they weren't as well off as the 12, but He did send them into the same trying circumstances, and they returned in peace. What does that tell me? That tells me that even the weakest ones among us should be of good courage. We should be ready to face the opposition and ridicule. We should be ready to walk in the middle of the wolves. I wish somebody would hear me today. Luke chapter 10, verse 1 through verse 9, And after these things the Lord appointed other seventy also and sent them two and two before His face into every city and place whither He Himself would come. Notice, when He sends you, it's because He's coming. When He sends you, you are the messenger. You are the go-before. He is coming. Therefore, he said, said He unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that He would send forth laborers into His harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Carry neither purse nor scrip nor shoes and salute no man by the way. And into whatsoever house ye enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if the Son of Peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall return to you again. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house and what into what whatsoever city ye enter. And they receive you. Eat such things as they set before you and heal the sick that are therein and say unto them, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. Sheep in the midst of wolves, lambs in the midst of wolves, 
in the middle of those who would rend them, tear them, devour them. I want you to get the picture today. The disposition and the nature of wolves makes them naturally opposed to the sheep. It's not the wolf's fault. It's his nature. It's the nature of the world to hate the children of God. Although in history, you'll always see the two seeds of contention. If there is an Abel, there is a Cain who slays him. If there's a Noah, you'll find an ungodly world around him. And if there uh, is an Isaac, there's also an Ishmael who will mock him. If there's a Jacob, there will be an Esau who seeks to kill him. You cannot be Israel without having Pharaoh, Amalek, uh, Edom, and Babylon to oppose. David must be hunted by Saul and Jesus by Herod. There is enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. And that enmity will always remain. It's not going to go anywhere. The ungodly will roar, and they will come against the righteous to bring cruel accusations against them. They did the same thing against Jesus. Are we surprised that the world hates us? It hated him first. We got to get a clue, folks. We're living in the last day. We are not going to find sympathy in this world. We are not going to find sympathizers with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know we're, we're supposed to be a Christian nation, but you better get used to post-Christian society because that's where we're living right now. But I'm just a good person, Pastor, and I don't, I don't really mess with anybody. No matter how pure the lives of the godly are, the wicked will slander them. No matter how kind their actions, they will render evil in return. No matter how plain and honest our behavior, they will suspect us. And no matter how well we treat the wicked, they will be sure to attribute to us the very lowest of regard because the wolf comes to kill and to devour, and he will do it to the best of his ability. Pastor, are you trying to scare me? No, I'm just trying to wake you up. I just want you to open your eyes and realize this is the world we live in. Again, they were to go as sheep among the wolves. Among a people who would hinder their endeavors for the business of the task at hand is to seek the lost sheep, and the wolves would not help them in that. Well, quite the opposite, actually. The wolves would themselves desire to seize upon the lost sheep as their prey. You must expect if you are faithful to Jesus and you put forth the effort required, there will be others who will put their strength and cunning to oppose you. I hope you hear me today. It's really a terrible game that we have to play for the souls of man. Each move that we make is met by the devil, and unless God directs us, we will lose. That's why we've got to pray. That's why we've got to fast. That's why we've got to be sensitive to God. Why, Pastor? Because if we can get the, that person to a prayer meeting, somebody else take them to the theater. If we set the, the truth before them, someone else will puzzle them with skepticism. If we persuade them, others will entice them in the wrong direction. The sneakiness of our enemy is something we need to acknowledge. Pastor, what's wrong with those things? Those things aren't, aren't bad. And, you know, I like to watch a little of this and I like to do a little of that. And, I, you know, I don't think it's going to hurt me. You know, the Scripture talks very plainly that we must have the mind of Christ. You won't get the mind of Christ by watching some of the filth that's out there. I, I, I wish, you know, I, I know that this is going to strike some of you a little funny, but I wish you would, you would just take a whole month off of media. I wish you'd not go to a movie for a month. I wish you'd turn TV off, turn, turn Netflix off, turn whatever it is, voodoo, uh, you know, and some of you are like, voodoo, it's, it's a streaming service. <laughs> And, and the other voodoo, too. But uh, I, I wish you'd, you'd leave Redbox and let them go out of business. I, I wish you would just, just take a little bit of time away from all of that. That's a real popular message right now. I want to have the mind of Christ, but I want to see all that Hollywood has to offer. I don't want to miss out on the latest Avengers. Well, it's all right. This, you know, this is a Holy Ghost church. 
This is a Holy Ghost church. This is a tongue-talking church. This is a church that strives to be sanctified. We want to become like Jesus. And if we're going to become like Jesus, there are going to be some things we're going to have to let go of. Pastor, I, I love Jesus, though, and I really want to serve him. Can I just say it like it, it really is? If we are not committed, the devil is. We wonder why we don't see more people coming, our friends and our, our loved ones, because we're so carnal. We're so worldly. We don't have the mind of Christ. We're not praying and fasting for those people. We, we're, just, we're just telling them, come to church with me. Coming to church didn't save anybody. Amen. And, you know, the devil never sleeps. He lost his eyelids a long time ago. We may sleep if we dare, but the powers of evil will never pause in their activities. Day and night, the deadly work goes on and the wolves howl over their prey. Therefore, Jesus said, go like sheep, not among the image of wolves, but in the midst of real active wolves. I wish you could see what's going on in the spirit realm today. They're doing everything they can to possibly destroy those sheep who are as yet lost, but whom Christ has raised and has purchased with His own precious blood. We are supposed to go forth like sheep among the wolves in this sense that we are quite powerless against them. Man, if I was talking about we're soldiers and we're army of Christ and overcomers and nothing. That's all true. We're just a big army of sheep. <laughs> we are powerless against them. What can a sheep do if a wolf sets on it? It has no strength to resist. I find it interesting that when you examine nature, in the end... It's the wolves who usually don't last as long as the sheep do in certain parts of the world. Did you know in certain parts of the world, wolves become endangered? Right? The sheep are multiplied and the wolves grow fewer and fewer. The sheep are weak in themselves, and yet they conquer the strong. And you might say, well, it's the shepherd who gives them their victory. Precisely. And so that is where our strength lies. He said, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. And as a matter of fact, even in Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, we have to understand, I've got to hear the voice of the shepherd. I've got to follow the voice of the shepherd. If I'm going as sheep in the midst of wolves, I better hear the voice. That's why we got to be in prayer. That's why we've got to be fasting. That's why we need to be reading our Bible every day because we are sheep in the midst of wolves. And if we don't be careful, if we are not aware of what's going on, we will miss what the shepherd is saying to us. If you live this way, you are able to see. If you live as sheep in the midst of wolves, you are able to see whether the Spirit of God is really in you or not. Because patient love is not natural, it's supernatural. And only somebody who is filled with the Holy Spirit is able to live as a sheep among the wolves. Number three, we are sent with his authority. I want you to get this. He said, behold, I send you forth. The great shepherd says, I send you. So wouldn't it be considered a bad thing if he sends us to not go? Oof. Let me just let that settle in. But I'm good where I'm at. I don't need to do anything extra for Jesus. Then the people will say I'm extra. You are. You should be extra for Jesus. You, you should allow God to do something through your life. Why? Because he sent you. Who is this who says, I send you? Well, first, it's the Lord of the harvest. Did you notice when we were reading Luke chapter 10, how the verses ran on, pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into his harvest. Go your ways. <laughs> Go your ways. Behold, I send you. It is the Lord of the harvest that we are praying to, and he actually sends us forth in an answer to our own prayers. You got to get that. 
You got to get that. You have to understand that as you, oh, God, send labors into the harvest. He says, I am. Go. You know what? You don't like that, but it's okay. I can feel that tension rising up in your spirit right now, and it's okay because I didn't say it. I would take offense if it was my words, but it's not my words. He said, I send you. So who am I as his messenger to say, oh, it's okay for you to just patty cake around for Jesus? He says, I send you. Amen. He is the master of all worlds and the owner of all the souls of men. And he puts the sickle in your hand and he bids you, go reap the golden grain, which is white and ready to harvest. It's the reward of the travail of his soul. I send you the Lord of the harvest. I send you armed with his authority. Who should scare you? Nobody. Go even to the gates of hell if Jesus commands. Why? Because he sends you. You have his authority. You should be walking in his power. Jesus says, I send you. I want you to understand this. Jesus says, I who prize you because you are my sheep. I who love you and I bought you with my blood. I who would not expose you to a needless danger. I who know by my infinite wisdom know that I am doing a wise and kind thing. I send you my sheep. My dear sheep for whom I laid down my life. I send you into the midst of wolves. Therefore, go safely for I love you and I send you there. I send you there. I wish somebody in this house would say, Jesus, we're not going to ask any more questions. We will go at once. We will go at once. Jesus says, I send you. I want you to mark that. I who overcame in the very character which I send you have read. Have you ever read that book of Revelation? The lamb shall overcome them. And in another place it says they overcame by the blood of the lamb. Jesus says, you are my lambs, therefore go forth as I did. Endure as I did. Conquer as I did. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. That the, lion overcome, uh, the lamb overcomes the dragon. They overcame him. Well... Have I gone too far? Let me close with the key to success. Two main parts to this. We're going to pray for our students here in just a little bit. They're going to come back in. We're going to pray for them. I believe that God is going to, to empower them. But two main parts that I want to close with the key to success. The first is prudence. Be wise as serpents. And the next thing is innocence. Be harmless as doves. First of all, prudent and wise as a serpent. Don't imitate the serpent in any other way. Don't let the devil enter you as he did into that serpent in the garden. Don't become groveling and sneaky. That's not what he's talking about. But still, think about it. The serpent is an exceedingly wise creature, and it has to be. Do you know why? Because it lives in a world where it is hated by a deadly foe. It is natural for man to hate snakes of any kind. Some of you said amen. The first thing that you do when you see a snake is you think, how can I kill it? Amen? I don't care if there's a stick close or a shovel close or a gun. I don't care what it is. You're looking for how can I kill that thing? It may be a perfectly good snake that's doing you good in your, in your uh, area, your yard. You don't care. I've heard people say it before, the only good snake is a dead snake. Some of you, 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 you totally with me on that. Everybody is the enemy of serpents, and if they are going to exist at all, they must be very aware and unassuming, and in this you are supposed to copy them. What does a serpent do to preserve itself? Well, it, it shows its wisdom because, first of all, it gets out of the way as much as it can. Our Lord was, was talking about this. Jesus was saying, and immediately after our, our text that we just read, he says, but beware of men. Beware of men. It's really good to get out of the, the society and the community and the thinking of ungodly men. Let them see that their speech and their behaviors and their attitudes are not like ours. Seek to benefit them, but do not seek to have community with them. 
Secondly, snakes can get into places that no other animals can get into. Yes, we should be unassuming. Yes, we should stay out of the way of people. You know what? Sometimes, look, I'm just going to say this. I wasn't not going to say this, but I decided I'm going to go ahead and say this. Sometimes people are like, I'm being persecuted for Jesus. No, you opened your big mouth when you shouldn't have. You posted something stupid on Facebook when you shouldn't have. Don't say you're being righteously persecuted. You are not. You are being dumb. He said, be wise as serpents. Serpents know how to stay out of the way of people. You keep putting yourself in the way of people, you're going to get your head chopped off. And don't be surprised, because it's going to happen. Well, but I'm a Christian, and Jesus is with me. Yes, and he said, be wise. <laughs> Look, if you didn't get anything else out of the whole preaching, that right there, that was worth the whole message. Some of you would do so much better if you just be careful what you say to people and how you present yourself and what you're posting on social media. That's popular. The snake can get into places no other animal can get into. You know, there is a way into everybody's heart if you know how to find it. You ever seen, you know, like you find this little tiny hole and you're like, how did the snake get in? This one little just tiny, itsy-bitsy hole. <laughs> if you are wise as serpents, you will discover ways to get into the hearts of people that you are praying for. God will show you. He will give you that wisdom. Sometimes it seems very difficult to reach some people's minds with Jesus' love, but holy perseverance and, and, and serpentine cleverness, if you'll continue after it, you will succeed. There's a weak point in the strongest man's mind where his opposition can be wounded. Even the most ungodly, wicked, blaspheming, profane unbeliever has some point where you may reach their better self if you will but search it out. And he says, be wise. Be wise about this. But then he goes a little further. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm with Jesus on this. We have to be wise some people, they, the reason that they aren't successful in living like a Christian because it's all about them. They're like, you know, look at me, I'm a Christian and I do all kinds of great things. And God is with me, God is for me, and my family is awesome. And they, that's how they present themselves. What would happen if a snake went around barking all the time? Right? If you could hear a snake coming. I'm, I, I love rattlesnakes because you can hear them coming. And you're like, oh, I don't want to hear that. If you hear that, you're like on alarm, right? Well, what does a snake, most snakes, what do they do? They, they may hiss a little bit, but they don't hiss unless they're in danger, unless they're in trouble. They go along unassuming, quietly, minding their own business. And some of us, we got to learn that. It's got to quit being about me, me, me. Jesus said, be wise. Quit trying to draw attention to yourself. Quit trying to make a big fuss. No wonder people pick on you. You're like the sheep in the middle of the wolves going, bah, bah, bah. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I, look, I'm not saying that there's not a, a time to, to, to go all evangelistic and, and reach people with the gospel. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying don't be obnoxious about it. Be wise. All right, I need to get to the close here. So then he says, wise as servants, but then he says, and innocent as doves. The Greek word for harmless is without horn. The dove doesn't have a horn, doesn't have a hoof, doesn't have a fang, or any other means of defense. You really, really, other than the spiritual weapons that we have, we really have no other weapon. We're not really supposed to uh, be fighting and tearing things down and uh, beating people up with the gospel. 
Yes, we do fight spiritual warfare, but we're not supposed to be taking uh, the, the weapons of our warfare and going out and slashing people with them. I, that's it. I'm good. I got another lesson. I got another message I got to preach about that. But, but let me just stay focused here. Like the dove, you are supposed to be defenseless. This defenselessness looks like our weakness, but it's actually our real strength. We're, we're not supposed to be driven into sin by opposition. When somebody doesn't agree with you and you go off, The dove is pure. It likes to be by the rivers of water in quiet and clean places. We should never be driven to sin by, uh, by, by you know, people getting upset, people being mad, people coming back at us. We're supposed to glorify God in all things by being both gentle and pure. He says, wise as a serpent, but harmless, innocent as a dove. The dove is very simple, and it's really altogether innocent and unworldly. I told you I was going to get back to this. So let your strength and your wisdom lie in innocent truthfulness and childlike dependence upon God. When we struggle, most times we struggle because we're trying to kind of live half of our life like Jesus wants, and we want to live the other half like we want. We, we want to give God some of our time because we want to escape hell. But what we really need is to give God all of our life. It kind of pains me that we, we know more about the latest movie that just came out than we do about the book of Acts. It kind of bothers me that we understand. I, I was talking to my son about this the other day, and I said, I really, I don't know, I don't understand, like, this whole Avenger thing. It's all passed me up. I don't even know who some of the heroes are anymore, because I don't know. And some of you are like, oh, pastor, that, you know, that's not a big deal. You know more about the Avengers and all their backstories than you do about what Paul said to the church in the letters we read in the New Testament. I know that's not popular at all, but, but he said be innocent as doves. Why is it that we know all this stuff? That's not innocent. Well, you know, it's not bad. Um, okay. All right. I challenge you, speaking of innocence, I challenge you to go to the, uh, the Dove website. There's a, there's a website out there. It's uh, kind of fashioned on uh, what movies are out and what things are out, and they give these Dove ratings. Anybody ever know what I'm talking about? And you can go, and it'll tell you how many cuss words. It'll tell you how, what, what bad scenes are in these movies. You can go find out. And you say, oh, pastor, you're just being a little over the top. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding? Brother Mark Brown at our youth congress, he said, how is it that the office has become such a cult classic among our movement? Well, I don't watch the office. That's not me. We know a lot about a lot of stuff we shouldn't. Who in the world would ever think if we're going to be innocent, it would be, you know, be dove-like. It'd be okay to sit and binge on some Game of Thrones. I, look, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to talk to us where we are right now. You, we wonder why we can't see success in our walk with God. It's because you're putting the wrong things into your brain. And, and nobody's perfect. I've done it before, too. I'm not going to lie. I've done it before, too. And you know what? Sometimes whenever I'm down and things aren't going well, you know what hits me? Some of those images that I saw. Some of those scenes that I had watched. The devil gets in there. And he'll use, man, he's, you know, the, the brain is amazing. You can't remember where you put your car keys, 
but you can remember some bad scene that you watched 20 years ago. So the dove is supposed to be innocent. And Jesus explains his saying a little further down. He says, harmless as doves, but then he adds, when they deliver you up, take no thought of what you shall speak, how or what you shall speak. He's saying, be like a dove. Be confidently fearless. Be gentle. Be innocent. Be childlike. Be simple. Be truthful. Our children are, are in here with us. And... Uh, I know that they're, they're I just let them come on in, come on up here, just let them sit wherever they can find a seat right here in this section, because we're getting ready to close. But I want, I want our kids to hear this today. We must, everybody say we must, change some things. We must. You can say that I'm conservative. You can say that I'm overly strict. You can say all kinds, whatever you want to say, it's fine. But I'm challenging this church to move in the direction of holiness. To move in the direction of becoming who God wants us to be. I'm, I'm not, look, I'm not up here listing standards. I'm not up here uh, talking about specifics. I'm saying there are some things that we are taking in. There are some things that we are doing. There are some things that we are allowing that let's be honest, they are not helping us get closer to God. They're not helping us become more innocent and harmless. And it's hard to live as sheep among wolves whenever you're not innocent. You're in danger of turning into a wolf yourself. The sheep... It's amazing. It's amazing what happens when the transfer, spiritually with the transformation when the sheep go out and they are sheep in the midst of wolves because the sheep then produce more sheep. It's amazing to see what God will do with that. But whenever we become like the world, have you ever thought about that comparison that, that Jesus said we're sheep in the midst of wolves and then how would a sheep in the midst of wolves feel? What would they, at the very least, uncomfortable, right? Some of us are so comfortable in the world. We're so comfortable around sin. It's like we're okay with it. It's no big deal. And you say, well, I, I, don't, I don't condone it. I don't, I don't, you know, participate in it. No, but we're just so comfortable with it. And if we're really sheep in the midst of wolves, we're not supposed to be comfortable. This world is not our home. We're, we're not meant to be here for much longer. So the best thing we can do is we can say, you know what, I'm going to live as Jesus commanded. I'm going to live as a sheep in the midst of wolves, and I am going to surrender every part of my life to Him. I, I realize this is difficult to take, and I'm closing right now. I realize that it's hard for us uh, when we try to start making the comparisons, we're like, yeah, I'm good about going, but this, you know, wise as serpent, harmless as doves, I, you could just leave that part of the message off. That's the only way to be successful. That's the only way to live successfully as sheep in the midst of wolves. We are sent. There's a great task at hand, but we go in His authority. So today I want us, we're going to pray for our students and our parents and they're going to all join us. We're all going to come up to the front. Parents, I'm asking you. This is not my church. This is God's church. He's the great shepherd. He's the one that gives us this instruction. I'm just his under-shepherd. I'm just the one who's supposed to pass the message along. And so I'm asking you parents, please, teach your kids what you learned today. Teach your kids what you learned today. 
They don't need to know more about Thor or Spider-Man. They don't need to learn how to play sports. You say, well, sports are good for them. They, they don't need to learn how to play sports. I, I'm just going to tell you right now, less than 1% of school students, less than 1% will ever become professional athletes and get paid to play sports. But 100% of our children will stand before God on Judgment Day. 100% of them. I love some entertainment. I love some sports. I love all that stuff too. But not at the expense of my child's soul. Not at the expense of where will my family spend eternity. I told Gavin this week, I said, Gavin, the last time I was at your school, three places I turned corners and there were girls, French kissing girls. That's what's going on in our world. Oh, pastor, that's not, that's not that big of a deal. You know, everybody should have the right to love whoever they love. The Bible calls it sin. I'm not going to change it. That's the kind of society that we live in, that everything is okay. Those things are okay. We should tolerate it. I'm not, I'm not saying that you go out and start a crusade. I'm just saying we are sheep in the midst of wolves. And these kids that we're going to pray for in just a few moments, they're going to go into situations this year that many of them will not be prepared for. But I bring them to church. Yeah, but church is not what you do at home. Bringing them to a facility where somebody can instruct them, that's great. But being a church in your home, that's better. I'm asking you parents, I'm asking you to start lining up your life, your family, to the principles of God. Pastor, I think you're just a little fanatical. You're, you're pushing the envelope just a little bit. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. Maybe, maybe I'm going after this line right here. And down here is the line that says, this is what you have to do to make heaven your home. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm shooting a little high. But the scripture says, without holiness, no man shall see God. So I'm saying, let's go for holiness. Let's do that. Because even if you fall a little bit short, maybe you'll still be saved. But let's shoot for holiness. Let's go after it and say, God, I want to be and I want my family to be whatever you want us to be. Whatever changes we need to make. Whatever things need to be changed in our lives. We got to make this. We got to make this. We got to get get into the, the mindset that we are sheep among wolves. We're not to be comfortable. We're not to be like everybody else. Make sure, parents, that you build their confidence in God. Build their confidence in God, His will, His purpose for their life. Bring them back to the house of God every time you have a chance. Get them around people who will pray for them, who will love them, who want what's best for them. That's the, way, that's the way that our children have a chance to live as sheep among the wolves. We are sent. I, I will mention this before I, I stop. These Pentecostal heralds, they are available in the lobby. Guess what September's issue is about? Holiness in your personal life. I got all kinds of material that I could give you if you really want to know. Holiness basically is an attitude that says, God, I want to please you more than I do anything else. I want to please you above me. I want to please you above pleasing other people. I want to please you. That's what holiness is really all about. If I don't encourage you towards holiness, I'm not, I really don't care about your soul. The scripture says, 
that if you don't discipline your children, we talked about it on Thursday, if you don't discipline your children, you actually hate them. You don't love them. You're not my children, but you are the, the, the flock that God has given me to, to shepherd and to feed. It's his flock. You're, you're his people. I remind him about that all the time. God, they're your people. You know. I, I can't do anything unless you move. So what I'm, I'm, I'm calling out to some of you today, I'm, I'm wanting you to hear the voice of God. Be holy, for I'm holy. Live more like me than you've been living. Separate yourself from the things of the world. It's still okay to come out from among them and be separate. You're supposed to. You're supposed to be sheep in the midst of wolves. Would you stand with me? I'm asking for us today. We're going to end this in a little different way. We're going to pray for our kids. We're going to pray for each other. I'd like for all of our parents, if you would, all of the parents of any of our students, if you would come, and I want you just to line up facing the, the congregation. I want you to line up and face the congregation all across the front here, all of our parents. God, we need you. Our children need you. God, we don't have the answers, but there are answers in your word. Your spirit will lead us and guide us. Some of the grandparents, if you want to fill in the empty spots, and then we, I want all the children, all the students, all the college students, all the teenagers, I want you to line up right in front of the parents. And then if the church, if those of you that would pray with us would come behind them, Tyresha's going back to college this week. Caitlin's going back to college this week. Our teens are already back in high school. Come on, fill, it, fill this in. Come on over, guys. Come on over. Now, anybody else that wants to come and help pray for our children? Parents, as you're praying, I'm going to come behind and I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to pray for our children today that God would put a hedge of protection about them. That God would help them to live wisely as sheep among wolves. And that we would be the support and that this church and the people of this church would be the support that we need to be for them this school year. We live in a world that's getting worse. We need to be the shining light on the hill. We need to be the sheep in the midst of wolves. So let's pray for them today. Come on, come in close. Pray for them today. Let God move through you as you pray for them.